from the 305 to the 303, this is TCSP. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Brian and the Cadbury Serious Band. Welcome to the Casually Serious Podcast, The Mixtape. Did grunge kill glam? is up ladies and gentlemen welcome to the casually serious podcast the mixtape did grunge kill glam we don't have an answer for that yet we're gonna get to that ken man how's it going today brother hey man feeling great doing great how about you doing good man it's uh it's a little cold here still in denver but it's warming up a little bit i think you know it's it we're in that very very odd part of the year it was sort of like that that March, April is very wild card for us. It could be snowing mm-hmm. and then just very, very sunny. But I'm doing good. I know you don't really have anything uh, to complain about with your weather out there, do you? No, no we're doing fine right here. Just fine. I do. I'll miss be complaining hometown. come summertime, though. Summertime, there'll be there'll be a lot of whining. Yeah, too hot. Speaking of a lot of whining, we're going to talk ah. about a specific genre. Nice, nice segue. <laughs> Segway, King. <laughs> Today, we decided to talk about uh, sort of two different genres of music. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we covered heavy metal, very, very near and dear to our hearts. Classic rock as well last week. We probably could have done it in a different order, but we like to challenge you guys to think about this kind of stuff so you can go back to the archives and kind of put it together yourself. But. Today we are focusing on glam metal, hair metal, and grunge, and the correlation between each other, and did one kill the other off, and and, and whatnot. Um, so we're going to kind of get into that. And we also have a, a, a special guest kind of hanging out right now. Um, he's been on a couple shows with us before, and uh, we're going to bring him in right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> what's up ladies and gentlemen what is up jay man how you doing brother i'm wonderful sirs i hope you're well sirs doing great how you doing man that's so good to see you man you're at home you got the you got the maiden posters in the background you you look comfortable i had 30 days off of work i'm starting to feel a little bit useless in life (laughs) that's a long time dude i you know i think my honeymoon at the end of my honeymoon i was like all right i'm I'm ready to clock in i mean not so much but it's just when you work 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 and you stop you automatically think your program to continue going so well the one Let thing me ask. Could, the one thing that could bring me out is this conversation because this is near and dear to my heart because i love them both hell oh, yeah nice. man let me ask you those uh posters that are behind you are those the original ones from your van no not from my van no but um the two minutes in midnight two minutes to midnight is original from my junior high school days and i have a number of the beast off to that side Mm-hmm. which is original from 1986 that I bought from Greg Anderson's sister with change, which we had on a conversation about on an earlier show. Yeah. If for those, for those of you that don't know, uh, Jay was the guy who drove us around most of the time. I know Ken man had a couple different series of rides. I know it was a suburban at one point, there was an accord in there, but really when it came to kind of driving around or kind of hitting the town at night, maybe the hidden lake area, the end of the end of a, uh, end of Chrome or wherever we might go, Jay was usually the guy popping us and piling us into that van. Uh, we would have sort of impromptu mosh pits in the middle of him driving, which were quite amazing. Uh, Jay was a very, very pivotal pivotal part of our youth, uh, especially getting us around from place to place because he didn't really party. He was the uh, irresponsible driver dude, as as he still is, <laughs> if, if, as it were. <laughs> Brian Smith, what's up, man? So, yeah, we got a couple people on right now. Um, hey, Brandy. Brandy says, I remember that van. You're, uh, you remember no. that van. He's, no. like, he's like, no, no, you don't remember that van. If you remember that van, you weren't really in it, man. Right. <laughs> That's a good point, man. So uh, so to get us kind of rolling, Ken, just kind of, I guess, let us know what we're talking about, man. We're going to start off with some glam and, and then right. kind of roll on. So it's, you know... The first thing, it's kind of trying to identify this music, or I should say classify this music. And it's always difficult once we did the same thing with the classic rock and even with metal and where people kind of take some of the fringe bands on the inside and outside of these maybe mainstream bands and try to determine how do you categorize them. And so for our purposes in today, tonight's show, 
our glam is probably more like hair rock, hair metal. And that in of itself, I think, kind of has its own its own kind of lists of bands. Uh, glam, we know, can actually be traced back to the 70s. And it really, it came out of the UK. Uh, it was called Glitz Rock. They had different names for it over in Europe. And, and that's really where the whole kind of makeup and everything came from. And then from that point, um, the States kind of picked it up in different way. Obviously, bands like Kiss, I mean, you can consider with Glam and what they did and the years they had. Um, and it, it blended into a lot more, but we're not really going to go back that far. So we're actually going to be talking about our hair bands are going to be more of those hair bands that were starting with kind of Bon Jovi and kind of blending off from there. And, and Bon Jovi, Warrant, these kind of bands, those are that's hair rock to me. Maybe hair metal is Motley Crue, Rat, Dokken. You know, they're a little bit faster, a little bit more speed to them. You don't want to necessarily put them in those in that genre. But we're going to kind of group them all together for the purposes of this show, for our for our kind of hair, glam, glitz, whatever you want to call it portion. On the grunge side, um, you know, grunge slash Seattle sound, you're going to get a lot of these things where people are going to want to categorize a lot of West Coast music to that. Even bands down in LA, they're going to get pushed into some of that Seattle sound as well. And I feel that, again, for the purposes of this show, we're going to kind of utilize some of that just because of the time frames. And there'll be a few bands that are going to kind of go in and, you know, that are maybe transcending some of this. I'll give you an example. I think Red Hot Chili Peppers is a good example of kind of a transcending band that played West Coast stuff um, and, and still made it through the whole grunge scene and was almost a part of it in a lot of ways, but can be classified a whole lot differently. Exactly. You see Bob shaking his head because you can go a lot of ways with a band like that. So yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a little bit of this that we're going to be able to talk about, I think. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to try to answer our question. And, it, and, and did grunge kill glam music? Is that what did it? Was it the or was it maybe the music itself? Because at one point, glam, hair rock, whatnot, got very, 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 honk, you know, uh, hokey, I, I would say. Uh, the, the music all sounded the same. It was something that they were all singing about the same stuff. They were talking about the same things. It just got to the point where it was all the same. And once you got to bands like Steelheart and Extreme and Slaughter, towards the end of it, <laughs> it just got very stale and ugly. So, uh, uh, very to me, that ugly. Was, <laughs> that, so at that point, to me, was it maybe? And my point is, did the music kill the music? Did it do it to itself? It wouldn't have mattered what came through. And I know Jay's got a you know a, a point he wants to make to where it could have happened. I know Bob's got one too, and that's what a great point of this show is going to be is that we all kind of an, have an idea of what might have done it, and it could very well be a combination of all of them. It could it could have started with this. <laughs> Love Bon Jovi. So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that was the beginning. Of, I, I would say that's the beginning. Of, and, and Ken Man has a. You say you have a, a big fondness for that music. For I, that I band do. In particular. I do. And and Bon Jovi was the band for me. And Jay will remember this because uh, you know my friends back then were getting really hard into metal and some crazy. Both of these guys were, and already at this point we're way into that stuff. And I was listening to it and checking it out, but I was all about Bon Jovi, man all about bon jovi and i did i hear it constantly what i hear it from these guys how you listen to that crap and i was just all about bon jovi you know he was the uh if, if we're talking about the reason for glam or hair rock happening I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go on record as saying it had everything to do with getting females to go to a concert with you and hopefully home with you afterwards you know what i mean Maybe. and 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 we're talking about we're talking about a couple you know a lot of bands that sort of incorporate that into all of it really if you started the more you started looking like a female the better chance you had of a female being your fan that's sort of how the the rule of uh, i think hair metal and glam metal, glam metal was back then right very true and hair metal became so popular that it brought in other people that kind of diluted the fan base and you would see the cheerleaders wearing the shirts or the football players wearing the shirts. Right. It was like, uh, no, this is our club. You need to stay away. So we would back off from those bands because I don't want anything to do with at some point Motley that, Crue because that's a good point because yep. everyone's wearing Motley Crue shirts. So I'm gonna like, I'll yeah. put on a player shirt and then be harder than you. So how about right. this? Were you were you were you down to be a part of this? <laughs> Why 
Dude, just play. Just play, dude. Just play, dude. Vito Brado is an amazing guitar player. Vito Brado is one of the greatest guitar virtuosos ever, virtuosos ever, and he walked away from it. Try to find him now. He's nowhere. He's just living his house. He's living his life on Long Island, raising a family. I think a common like, vein. Go ahead. Sorry. Was, um, go ahead. No, no. You're saying it's like he, it's like it became so silly. I just got to. <laughs> you know, they, they're like, what does sense. the band look like before they heard the band? Which image image overtook the music, and a lot of that has to do with MTV because you had to be good looking right. to to make right. it on MTV. There were, you know, you didn't see a lot of overkill videos on MTV because let's face it, they're not the best looking dudes in the <laughs> world. Or Crocus, yeah, we didn't see a lot of Crocus either. <laughs> and, and same, that guy's hair, man, that hair was rocking. Well, and the hairy chest was a little disturbing. <laughs> but it's the same. You can say the same a lot about a, a lot of other genres of music. MTV made image over music, right? Right. So important. Right. Good so, yeah, point. So the beautiful, the beautiful bands with the, with, you know, the, the blonde lead singer and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. that became more important than the Nelson. Music. When Nelson came out, I was in love with those guys. I didn't know they were girls. I mean, guys, I was like, do you see that band Nelson? It was some hot chicks, dude. And you got to look a little closer, but damn, damn. And that was a it's terrible it. video with the Indian shaman with the, with the flower. I'll tell you one thing when it comes to these uh, the hair metal bands or the glam rock bands whatever you want to call them uh, there was usually and and you just said it before it's funny we we, I can consider all three of us pretty hardcore metal heads and no matter what if we liked any of those bands we are always quick to say but so and so is a good blank so you've got one guy in all of these bands that you can't stand but the fucking guitarist is amazing and maybe this drummer is badass and this is like the greatest bassist in the world but he plays for fucking kickster or some shit like that like it's there's always there has to be it seems to be there needs to be one legitimate badass in your band because if not you're not going to be able to come up or even play any of the bands or any of the songs that are going to be popular to anybody uh so right. they're, they're they're always you needed to have at least a ringer in your band and i know obviously uh bon jovi had a ringer in his band and there's all kinds of you know, really, really good, like slaughter, you know, that like, like I was saying, that was the Vinnie Vincent invasion at one point, basically. And, and, um, Mark slaughter just kind of took it over. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy, man. Um, but you know, it did, it did sort of give way to this point where all these women were coming to see this music. And then guys were like, yeah, we really want girls to come to concerts with us, but we don't want to have to listen to this in order to have that happen. Um, and, you know, I had a friend, Matt, say something earlier. I can't find the exact quote, so I'm paraphrasing right now. I hope I don't murder it. But he basically said, fuck grunge. He hates grunge. But, you know, glam did, wasn't wasn't killed by grunge. Glam killed itself because of bands like Trickster and, and Kicks oh, and all these other bands. Oversaturation. Yeah. No, there was no difference between the products. What's the difference between Twixter and White Lion and <laughs> name a thousand bands? They were all, sorry, the same. Right. Brian Striper is a completely different uh, animal, right there. I that I don't think that can be. That's definitely more heavy metal than anything else. Uh, it's just it's just Christian laced. Uh, I don't know if that really necessarily puts them in a glam. Although, you, you know, if you do take a look at those guys in that album, Oz Fox and these guys definitely had the teased hair. So uh, they were definitely glam for God, I guess. If that's the if that's the case, I, they probably weren't saying they were trying to get laid, but they were. They were. Right. <laughs> you, you are, look are at, we all, Bob? Are we all? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you can I look at some it. of these bands, too, that were a part of the beginning of this stuff that were also part of the end of it. I mean, you know, even Bon Jovi, if you look at, like, Keep the Faith, I mean, that's like crap. And there's so much stuff he did afterwards that started the downtrend, not just of, you know, their music for Bon Jovi's, but... But a lot of bands, you know, I think Motley Crue also, and you know, Doctor Feelgood to me was, you know, there's a couple good songs, but that's where were, that's where it was over, you know. It was just, it was garbage. One, there were five number one singles on Doctor Feelgood, and 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 most of them to me, it is because they're not good. It's not good music. I mean, a couple of songs I could get with on there, but some of them I think are just <clears> terrible. It's not an album you can listen to beginning to end like other Crue albums. And um, same thing with Def Leppard. Adrenalize was terrible. You know, and there there was other bands that did the same stuff afterwards. You know, there weren't a lot of bands towards the end that were really coming out with quality music anymore that you could look at. You know, and, and that, a lot that, of the, a lot of those older bands were on their fourth, fifth, or sixth album. Right, right. And you kind of 
at that point you have a mansion. So how do you sing about being depressed? Right. You're dating a supermodel. So how do you sing about wanting to meet girls? Right. You know, and you, you, you run out of material to write about. And that's where grunge comes in. Right. That's exactly the point. (laughs) It's like, Oh, you know, trying to make teenagers happy. It's like, you know, what's easier than making teenagers happy is making them feel depressed. (laughs) And then grunge comes in and it's like, Oh yeah, life sucks. Let's wear flannels and, do things heroin you know it's 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 kind of crazy so that uh i think slippery when wet was 86 wasn't it yes that's 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 when it came out 86 so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw up really i'm gonna throw a picture up real quick <laughs> i'm not gonna throw up real quick oh, uh let's see a second here mother. you remember how i used to be able to do that very well um i'm gonna throw up the 30 best albums of 1988 as uh According to Paste, which I don't know what that is. <laughs> so we're gonna start with we're gonna start. I'm gonna go ahead and list them off. I'm gonna jump through them real quick. Dinosaur Jr., Fishbone, They Might Be Giants, Boogie Down Productions. That's my, that's the jam right there. We know we know some BDP. Van Morrison and the Chieftains somehow were making music back then. Uh, the Pogues, oddly enough. Uh, Michelle Shocked, sort of a one hitter. Butthole Surfers, Living Color. Oh, the Sugar good. Cubes with with Bjork. That's Bjork's first band, The Sugar Cubes. Okay. Uh, the Go Betweens, The Smiths. Just just kill yourself now. Uh, the Traveling Wilburys. Hey, Traveling Wilburys ain't nothing to be effed with, boy. No, no. I'm just saying that this no. is and this is that's uh, what belongs there. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. I believe that kind of does. Oh, the Church. That's another great sort of one hit wonder. Nick Cave, Big Daddy Kane, baby. Oh, yeah. uh, Tracy Chapman had a fast I car, like and th- this I like year her. I liked her. Look at this one. And justice for all that, we last know it's the last great Metallica album. But we're, so this is this is this this is a style of music. Now we're talking about an uprising of all this. Right. Like REM showing up. Uh, Morrissey's right. been around. My bloody Valentine. Some dark shit. Shout out to Ed Matus. Uh, mm-hmm. The Water Boys. NWA straight out of Compton. Yeah. Um, Leonard Cohen. Uh, talk talk. Uh, Jane's addiction. Uh, oh. I think I think Simon was nothing, mentioning that. Where do they fit in here? Nothing. Nothing shocking was a. I hate I hate the term, but yeah. nothing shocking was a game changer. Yeah. yeah. The Pixies, uh, Cowboy Junkies, Public Enemy, Takes a Nation of Millions, and yeah. Sonic Youth. Sonic so Youth, wow. That's uh that's that's kind of a crazy if you if you say just putting those bands up on a list right now and then right next to them, uh let's go have uh, some glam bands opening up for them. All right, let's see. Uh, Trickster opening up for the butthole surfers. I don't think that's gonna work. Um <laughs> I, I, you know. I would pay money to see that, actually. <laughs> you know, uh, Kicks opening up for Mud Honey or some shit like that. So the thing was, is I, I, I believe that, that that glam hair metal shit was just so antiquated at that point that, like Jay was pointing out earlier, there needs to be something for the kids to get angry about. And, and, and the, that glam shit was not anything really to, you know, you could only be happy, happy, party, party so long when you realize you wake up the next day, your nose is fucking bleeding, dude. You don't have a job anymore. The chick ain't, fucking broke up with you. You know, like, ain't, it's just, nothing, it's, ain't nothing but a good time only goes so far, dude. Right. And then you're like, you know what? I want lithium. I want dark hole, black hole sun. Mm-hmm. I want, I want dark, you know, I want black from Pearl Jam. I want shit that, that you feel. It, it was a weird, like, oh, I get it. And then punk or grunge was punk. On a, on a better musical ability level. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you yes. said that because quite yeah. honestly, that really is what it was. It but was it is, you're right. A movement, a heavier movement. Yeah. Right, right. With and it had, it was very, very bass heavy, very drum heavy, get away from some of the more melodic, just, you know, happy, you know, upbeat type sound and give it more of a true undertone to the music. And, and Pearl Jam. <laughs> Dude. You don't oh. normally hear him hit oh. that note live either, man. That is a Woo. that was pretty that was pretty impressive. And he's a guy that of I love the band. I just don't think I gave him vocally enough credit until like eight years later. Right. I was like, Google right. holy shit, dude. That that guy's fucking great. Google, I, Google isolated vocals, Allison Chains. It'll blow. I've heard of, I've heard the whole album, man. It's insane. But, You're right. But what Allison Chains and Pearl Jam brought was they they had shredders. 
they had you know Jerry mm-hmm. Cantrell, Cantrell and yeah. Stone Gossard. Stone Gossard playing yeah. down sick guitar solos, which brought us metal kids into it. Like, oh, they're kind of a metal band that you know that no offense, Nirvana or Smashing Pumpkins didn't really have. Right. And, and they had and Cantrell too definitely lended to the harmonics of the uh, you know all the harmonies yes. they did and it of was course. just like yep. it's almost like you can't have one without the other yes. right 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 no they're incredible and I mean to be, I was lucky enough to see Lane on a couple of occasions and wow. it, man let me tell you that those concerts are are memorable concerts for me that that band is what did it for me in the grunge scene for sure to me the loss of Lane Staley is bigger than than Kurt Cobain I know not yes. overall in the meaning of of all of it, but as far as just a musical talent lost, I man, the respect that I have for Lane Staley goes way beyond what I have for Kurt Cobain. Personally, I saw I saw Allison Chain open up for Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth, and at the end of the night, everyone left the arena going, "Holy shit! Did you see right. Allison Chain?" <laughs> right. Which right. which is that's a that is the that is the hardest audience in the world. Right. A Slayer, yeah. Anthrax, Megadeth. You know, general admission, killing everybody. And when they were playing, people were like, holy shit, do you hear these guys? Yeah. So, so yeah, Insane. that was... And I tell you what, they 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 definitely. I I don't think that band. I'm not going to say they didn't miss a beat. Of course, you, you you're hurt without Lane, but I'm amazed with what Jerry was able to do when he held the band together. And I saw that live a couple of different times. And now again with and I forget the dude's name, but man, that front man they got now. I mean, he's he good, of those dude. Notes, dude. I mean, Duvall. he's one of those notes. Duvall, Duvall, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. That man's got the sound that not the obviously, but man, does he get close, man? It makes it sound good. He also brings in, he plays guitar. So that brings another level. Right. Right. But he still, he harmonizes well with Jerry. And I I just, I feel that man, you you close your eyes and it's just there in a way. And I'd still, I'll see them anytime. I never miss Alice. I've seen them twice actually uh, down here over the last, I think five years. They played both times um, at the Jackie Gleason, which is just a small little place down here. Small little theater. Um, great venue and just uh, incredible shows. Always incredible shows. So the thousand pound elephant in the room. Never mind. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the one. That's the one that did it. I mean, that's the not. That's the album. That's the. That was 1991. So that that was the song, the video that did it. That's the one that changed everything. That's really. It really is. And you can say what you want about the band and what you thought about them, either at the time they came out or or later on. But that was the date that it happened. I believe it was in summer of 1991 when that album came out, and it just it that one change the world <laughs> and simon sangrani you still have my cassette <laughs> i want it back i listened to that a lot in his car i still so uh, there there are very few cds that i will put in start to finish and and never mind's one of them never mind's always going to be one of them and yeah. it was it was something also that somebody i was speaking to earlier was telling me about and, and i never really thought about but true with the way nirvana kind of worked their 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 music structure their song structure you know, where a lot of their music, they would come right out with the chorus in the beginning of the song, you know, come as you are starts yeah. out. And this is how they do it. They're just they kind of they made they formatted things in their own way. They did things in their own style. And that was just musically fashionably. They wanted to be anything but what the music we were just talking about was. They wanted to be anything but glam. They were never going to put makeup on. They were never going to wear spandex. These, well, this is not this group. They were going to wear what? the flannels and the jeans and they were going to be comfortable and they were going to do it so that they weren't a part of the fashion scene and that mainstream, but instead they made it a new fashion mm-hmm. scene and new mainstream is exactly uh, you know, what happened. I think the record companies really did that part of all of it. Yeah, right. but, but, but still the fact that they were so against it, Kirk was so yeah. against that. I mean, that only pushed people wanted it more than the fact that he hated it so much and didn't it's, want to be a part of it only made it a bigger movement. Fashionably, like, I'm, I'm even saying not even musically. It's a girl that doesn't put out that you want it more from. So they were like, no, they didn't do they didn't do interviews, they didn't do tours, they didn't do festivals. They they secluded themselves, which made them mysterious. This was before the internet, before right. Facebook and all that. I know everything they do every single day. You waited months to find out what what are those guys up to, and then you find out it's terrible stuff, and it made them more intriguing. Right. Absolutely. No, it definitely did. I mean, I know that worked for me. I was I was into it. I wanted to know what was going on. Nirvana wasn't one of my favorites at the time, but you know, I was already heavy into it with Alice and I just felt like there was a lot more to it. Alice in Chains is a much better band. I agree. 
So this is 1990. The uh, the the top 25 albums in 1990. The Pixies, Living Color Again, which I don't understand. I don't really know if I don't know anything from that album. Only the first one. It's actually good. Um, what do we have? Depeche Mode, Mazzy Star, which is you know. Oh, I like Mazzy. That was, but that was like there was like two songs on the album. You never heard from her again. Hope Sandoval did some stuff later, but that's it. But um, this is a great great album right here. America, America's Most Wanted. That's I mean that's. That's that's great. The Breeders was another great spinoff yeah, band from Kim Deal. Um, yeah, we saw them. Yeah, I was gonna say we saw we were at that show, man. Yeah. Um, replacements, Black Crows, uh, Digital Underground, Sinead O'Connor. Listen, Eric B and Rakim, um, Allison Chain's facelift. So that's sort of the beginning, right there. We can say because this is '89. Um, Ride the Lala's, uh, they might be giants are there again. Tribe Call Quest, People's Instinctive Travels. All right, we're not gonna we're not gonna say anything about that because that's like one of the greatest albums too. Mm-hmm. Um, Fugazi up there. The Sundays is oh, one of my all time favorite bands. Uh, super depressing, beautiful stuff. Neil Neil Young, uh, get the hell out of here. Uh, Jane's Addiction, <laughs> Sonic Youth, Public Enemy, Cocteau Twins. So that's that's and we're starting to build. To the point where grunge is starting to get popular. Uh, Nevermind didn't come out until '91, uh, right. so this is two years before that. Uh, sort of the setup where you see fate, face left from Alice in Chains, which is still I, I still consider that to be metal, very hard rock metal. I don't yeah. consider that grunge. Um, Sonic Youth, Sonic Youth was a band I never liked, and I ne- never knew anyone that liked Sonic Youth, but they were the band. Like everyone's like, oh, I fucking love Sonic Youth. And it was just yeah. It was, it, it was if you were in a band, you probably yeah, like Sonic Youth. You, you had to say it. To sound like you know the the music, you know. And it was like, name one song. It's like I don't know. <laughs> so. I liked what they did with Cypress Hill on the Judgment Night soundtrack. Well, mm-hmm. that was yeah. pretty cool. That was really good. You can come by. And get me high. You mentioned Fugazi before. Fugazi is great. That's another one that's a kind of a, a you know a band a lot of people don't know about, but Fugazi is fantastic. I got to see them live too. That was a great show. And that was that's Ian's, crazy. That was Ian's second band after a Minor Threat, which, right? Which was Minor Threat to me, thanks to my cousin Bradley Gard up in New Jersey. He got me into them in like 90, 80, 84. He's like, you need to listen to this, and he gave me a, a raggedy ass secondhand cassette of Minor Threat, and one of the few moments that changed my life with music. It's like, this is so bad. This is so cheap. This is so cheesy. Oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's raw. That yeah. raw, that raw yeah, sound that, is it, awesome. It was a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a live album. So that, that was the quality. And, oh, <laughs> well, that's God, a different rawness than I was saying, but okay. <laughs> that's poor quality, but we could call it so raw. Bad. Why it not? It was so bad, but I was, I, I was punk rock. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever. One moment. And I do. I truly believe, like what you were saying before, the uh, the 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 uh, grunge movement was more of a punk rock counterculture to the glam shit, mm-hmm. to the to the dying of the of the straightforward rock and roll uh, mindset, the jeans, the denim, the bleached fucking hair. Like it was a complete counterculture to that. It was right. people dyeing their hair fucking purple and wearing just jeans and a flannel. Like how more plain can you get than jeans and a flannel? But yet mm-hmm. spin magazine, Rolling Stone, they all wanted these guys on their cover and everyone was buying freaking flannels. You know, it's, it was GQ it just, Esquire. They wanted them on their covers. That's yeah, what's it's crazy. It soul of rock and roll. It yeah. just changed. You know, punk came out against disco and grunge came out against hair metal because all you heard on the radio stations was White Snakes and Motley Crue's and and nah. those bands, those bands, them guys. Right, right. And oh, so someone's like, you know what? You like that? I'm going to try something different. I'm going to tune it down. I'm going to make it ugly. I'm going to have stupid lyrics. And it worked because kids needed that. Because at some point, how do you relate to White Snake? Right. You know, how do you how do you re- relate to cherry pie right you know, it's, yeah. warrant teenage kids need something to be like oh this is mine this is new this is special this is good right so. absolutely and it was it was easy to do because you were coming off of something that really just was and, it was just fluff i mean looked, it was it wasn't real music and, even it was just fluff and, and this was like, real they music looked like us they had right. bad hair right. they had, they had yes. cheesy hair facial hair because it didn't come in yet they were wearing ratty ass right. flannels and we're like i can relate like metallica i can relate to this dude because he looks like me 
Right. And if I was on stage, he would be in the audience. Right. So it it's worked. True. Yep. It definitely did. I agree with that. That's where the fashion side of it also kind of fit into what they were doing, even though they thought they were being counterculture. They actually yeah. turned into being all, the culture. All of a sudden, cardigan sweaters went. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, it, it was. I think. I think the the country became obsessed with all things Seattle and uh, and and right. the the movement of all this movie right here is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Great you know soundtrack. I mean? Soundtrack's I, insane. I, I'm gonna say like so. Not only do they have the amazing bands in this soundtrack, oh, fucking Allison Chains is playing in a club. Right. Soundgarden is playing in a club. Like right. And and that they're Eddie in, in the movie. Jam. Stone yeah. in the movie. I think Eddie Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is Matt Dillon's band, because um, right. uh, I think Stone Temple Pilots came out of out of San Diego, right? And Candlebox came out of, I believe, San Diego also, right? So about Smashing point, Pumpkins. I mean, there's a lot of bands that you well, could yeah, like, they throw were, in they that were time. Chicago, which right? It was like who who listens to music we're, from Chicago? Right. Like, Nugent and Bob Seger and the Smashing. Pumpkins. <laughs> right. STP weird. is wild card man. STP is one of my favorite bands, dude. And yes. and yeah, they were no, the great. wild card. They they rode that part of the successful movement. They and, sure and did. we're still able to be just STP. It was like no one can mm -hmm. sing like Wyland. The nope. DeLeo brothers are fucking amazing. Like right. there's just no one that can do that whole package thing. And they were they were able to write all that, but they, you know, so obviously good. they had their issues. But man, the so songwriting, the, yeah. the musicianship, it's they didn't got, they were you didn't get popular because they were uh because you because you sucked. That yeah, that wasn't the way it your was. Your first but. album was based on the whatever, but your second and third was based on what you had to deliver. Right, and that and, Smashing Pumpkins, Gish, Gish is my favorite favorite album by them. Gish awesome, is such a good album. Not really good about the other stuff, but that's because of it was popular and it got crammed on my throne on MTV and WSHE and right. people wearing T-shirts. But yeah, Smashing Pumpkins was a huge, huge, huge grunge band. Right, even though they were just like a midwestern rock band. Yeah. And By Gish was fantastic. And honestly, Siamese Dream is also a fantastic and album. And none of man. them ever wore flannel. Ever. That's yeah, that's a good point. That's a good no, point. They, and, and and Corrigan was also one of those singers I think I loved right away because I was like, this you know, if you really just kind of close your eyes and you play Kiefer from Cinderella, Mark Slaughter. <laughs> And fucking Billy Corgan, you're gonna hear sort of the same stuff. They'll, yeah, yeah, uh, a lot of that stuff is in there. Only Corgan makes it sound so fucking good, dude. Like, Keith and there's just amazing. something, there's just something about that about that band too. Again, we can talk about a bunch of these spinoff bands that, that I don't even think were part of the grunge sound, but Est yeah. you know, uh, Smashing Bush, Pumpkins, man, were so good, Bush, dude. Bush Candlebox. There's a million of them. Yeah, Bush is weird, man. Anyone that came in between '91 and '94 is yeah. your live. Live is your part. Of, this is your graduating class. You were part of the senior class of this, and that's what you are. That but that goes to the music that you're trying again to classify, and you're almost putting them in there because of the time. It, it was right. more like this, this is when you were making music. This is what was popular. It sounds a little bit like that, but you're not geographically from that space. You're not necessarily having that full sound like that. You're still rock. And this time right now is all called grunge. So everybody's kind of thrown into that unless yeah. you're completely just totally reformatting your music into some different type of sound, which Jane's is starting to happen later. Is Jane's, well, addiction, is Jane's addiction grunge? Well, that's it's another transcending band, I think, like Chili Peppers that went that started before and went through. So that maybe they were affected by some of that. Mm -hmm. And maybe they even tried to make some of their music work with what was popular at the time. But those bands still transcended that time from the kind of weird. Too. Jane, as much Jane, as I don't like those guys, they they managed to just kind of did. fucking shoot through yeah. everything. Right, right. Jane, Jane's addiction is is one of the few bands that I listen to, and I'm like, I don't know how to calculate this. I don't right. know. What, I don't know what they are. That was party rock. I always well, considered them to be party rock. Well, no, before mm -hmm. before college party rock. Cut ceiling. Just don't pay attention to cut ceiling. Right. Yeah. Terrible song. But like their first two albums, it was so weird, and it's like. I, it was it was like it's so different. I you know I liked Iron Maiden, but I liked right. Jane's Addiction. It was they just covered so many weird emotions and sounds. Lyric, David Navarro is an amazing guitar player. He does more with three notes than <clears throat> Ike Mae Valentine does with fifty notes. <laughs> you know, wow. that's a that's an interesting point. <laughs> well, I I live in a tree and drive a tree. Weird aspects on life but yeah nothing 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 shocking changed my life more than 
peace of mind or it takes the nation of millions to hold us back or vulgar display of power. That was like one of those albums that I wasn't ready for. And it totally slapped me in the face. I was like, holy shit, music can be different. Right. And yep. image doesn't mean anything. You know, it's it's all about what's coming but, out of those speakers. But look what look how that was received though, because here you're talking about how it changed your life, like some really major albums, and Bob has absolutely no interest in that band whatsoever. Well, apparently, I'm kind Bob, of, apparently Bob has no taste in music. So. Oh, okay, there we go. Shots fired. <laughs> so I now, but what's funny is in the situation is I think I'm in the middle. You know, oh, there goes Jay. I, I'm, oh, that was I'm, a joke. I'm, that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the middle what here, the like I, with with that band in particular, because I, I I like and don't like stuff from Jane's Addiction, so I could go either way with a band like that. So, but that's a good point yeah, that you make is that it was yeah yeah. Neither one of us have good musical taste, I guess. But but no. this is this is this was you know kind of the way I felt. So so your point is good because it was different and it was received by people different in different ways, obviously, you know, but again, that's why that's a band that I think fits into that like transcending category, which, you know, they were there before and they were there after. So yes. what they did in between is whatever it was, you know? And I, and I totally checked out after been caught stealing. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you on that. That was, because, that was and, terrible. Because MTV crammed it down our throats and I saw people wearing, James Addiction's t-shirts at school that I wanted right. to show, so right exactly let's take a, let's take a look at um the best glam metal bands of all times the top 75 I'll fly through them really quick Whoa. oddly enough Freely's Common is up there I don't really know how that happened no idea who Femme Fatale is but here's Nelson that we were talking about um Tiger Tales who the hell is that Aldo Nova Vinnie Vincent Invasion Electric Boys Hurricane, Pretty Boy Floyd, um, Every Mother's Nightmare. I really doubt that. Um, Enough's Enough. Uh, Bang Tango was a was a huge band. The Darkness, that's crazy, and that you know that's a relatively new band. Uh, Dangerous Toys, what's up? I don't really, I don't, I don't consider them to be glam. Um, Britney Fox definitely is a huge example of glam. Terrible, terrible. Um, Kingdom Come, Girl School, Night Ranger. I don't know. Uh, Mr. Big, definitely. Danger, danger, definitely. TNT, faster, pussycat. We're getting into the to the points. Except, there's no way that that's hair metal. No, absolutely not. There's no way fucking rainbow. Rainbow, no. <laughs> not at all. I was gonna say there's got to be a couple exceptions here. Uh, Steel Panther is a great one. Uh, the Cult, no. Triumph, I don't know. There's Crocus. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, great White, part of the G's. There we go. Slaughter, White Lion. Lita Ford. Those are some good examples, I think. Yeah, now, definitely. I there's a blur yeah. here. I don't Deal. really. Uh, yeah, I think maybe the clothing could be considered glamish in some way. Uh, yeah. uh, Twisted Sister, definitely. That was like over the top right. glam. Totally. But we're we're gonna fast forward up here. Kiss. I guess they can kind of go up there. And I, like I said before, it's mm -hmm. funny how glam was popular. Kiss came aboard and killed glam. Got popular and then died pretty much because. <laughs> Again, a transcending band. Yes. Uh, but for the top five glam bands of all time to be Motley Crue, Van Halen, Scorpions, Rat, and Whitesnake, we're obviously going to have to go to the source on this one. This is from Ranker, so people go up there and hit these buttons, and that's where how the ranks happen. Right. Uh, but I don't necessarily think Scorpions belong up there. I never really thought of Motley Crue to be glam until really Theater of Pain, if I'm being honest. Um, Whitesnake, definitely, but... You know, those right. are some examples of of bands that I think definitely sort of fit on that list. And and hilariously, if we go on the other end of that and <laughs> and and bother ourselves with the best grunge bands of all time, we can go ahead and show you show you how quick that list is. Um, Smashing Pumpkins, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Mother Love Bone, which is basically Pearl Jam. About, but yeah, Pearl. Yeah, exactly. Um, Hole. Hater. Dinosaur Jr., mm -hmm. Screaming Trees, yep. L7, yep. Mud Honey, yep. Yep. Babes in Toyland, Melvins, and Alice in Chains. After, those are, after, those after are the all-time. After, after five, none of them matter. You know, I, don't and that, know, but, I don't know any of those bands. 
but but we're talking. You don't know about any of those bands? bands? I know no, every no, one of those bands. I've heard of them, but I can't name you a single song. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. But that's okay you. because uh, you know, in in uh, in comparison to that, I listed seventy five glam bands that you right. probably couldn't list one of their fucking songs right. either. But it's such <laughs> a massive. Me, don't challenge me. <laughs> it's such a massive oversaturation. You really of that, liked extreme. that music at that time. That it was almost like, as long as you looked good and could maybe play an instrument, they can get right. you in there and, right. and you know get you out of the clubs and get you into some bigger club. <laughs> and that was it. And I'm going to totally jump subjects, and I apologize. Another thing that killed hair metal was the rise of hip-hop. It was Dr. Dre's A Chronic. It was Snoop Dogg. Hell yeah. All these suburban kids. It was, a little, it was the little brothers of the Motley Crue fans. Right. Who, who, who's like, hey, you should listen to Motley Crue. It's like, no, I want to listen to Dr. Dre because mm -hmm. it'll offend my parents more and I feel like a badass and I can wear my black hat with a pot leaf on it. And I, I believe that the rise of hip hop killed hair metal. Not as much, but probably 35 to 40% as much as grunge did because mm. it was a totally new thing. Now we grew up, I mean, we, we were into hip hop since like 88 because where we grew up, it was prevalent. Before were, that, for sure. Yeah, for yeah sure. there were outside influence. We Miami was a great place to grow up as far as culture and music goes. But kids in Kentucky or Iowa or Kansas or Colorado, when The Chronic came out, that was the new rock and roll. This is going to offend my parents more. This is more what, what I can wear to school and people are like, oh, my God, is he's wearing a Chronic shirt as compared to wearing a Motley Crue Dr. Feelgood shirt. Yeah, definitely less. And the commercialization happened with all that eventually, too. But you're right. I think uh, I think there was this sort of like five year rebellion during that time, whereas every five years or so, there was this new sort of evolution of music, because after that chronic, then the stuff that started getting real big was that rap, that rap hip hop stuff. And so there was just mm -hmm. real weird evolutions of all that music. But you're right. <laughs> You're right. The, uh, uh, the the chronic had a lot to do with uh, that. It just sort of like the death knell of 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 and, glam. And it was on any higher rotation than MTV. Right. And then radio stations, you know, not the rock stations, but the pop stations would start playing here. Right. Here's Dr. Dre's new jam. You know, which it, next it, episode. Ken, man, what is your what what is when you think of I got the stage. hair metal? Hair metal or glam metal? What is the first band you think of? I go with Bon Jovi. I mean, that—that's me. That's Bon Jovi, hundred percent. And when you think of grunge, what's the first band you think of? Alice in Chains. All right, Jay. Same stuff, man. Uh, the what's the band you think of when you think of uh, hair battle, hair, uh, hair bands or glam metal? Sorry, Russell Robbins, Motley Crue. All right, and uh, and grunge. What do you think of when you think when you say Nirvana because of the overwhelming avalanche of attention to them yeah i i mean i i agree on that 100 i i think uh the the biggest shining example to me of glam metal is poison uh could not stand that music uh it, it was sort it was the it uh, and obviously it just if you just put let's let's take a still shot of poison on stage at a concert and then take a still shot of like Slayer's stage at the same exact time during the same year. And that's sort of the reason why the contrast is such a big deal to me because I needed something with substance and value, whether it was telling you that, you know, you're going to die or, or some other crazy thrashy shit didn't really matter to me. Uh, the simple, the simple fact was that if it, it was just shallow music, I wasn't going to dig it, you know? And, and Kenny and I saw both of those bands in 91. So. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> that is crazy. And, and, and but, I've actually seen Poison probably four times after that, to be honest with you. Sorry, no. but I have. No, I don't, I don't ever give anybody shit for their, for their musical taste. It's, no, no, no. No, no it, need to it, apologize. It's more, it's more, it was more as they toured later on, and I was just excited to see anything that was rock anywhere, and I'd go to any show, so it really didn't matter. And I there walked were a out, lot of women I walked there. out a few of them, too, so I, I got to say that also. There were women there, but they were older than they were back to the shows we saw in 91 so it looked a little different hey, sorry right. jay did you <laughs> excuse me jay did you go to the breeders nirvana uh in utero tour at bayfront arena no i i skipped that whole beautiful show many shows at bayfront because i couldn't stand the people that were going which included both of you 
I was going to say we were both there. Thanks. No, it was. I just, I just, I was a hermit, and I didn't want to leave the house, and I didn't want to go to to, to Miami. But yeah, I, I passed up on so many concerts at Bayfronts between the BC Boys when they were there with Cypress Hill and Reggie Gets mm. Machine and the and the Breeders. Did you see Suicidal with me there? Did we see Suicidal? Yes, we we snuck in under. We snuck in, right? And we hid in the bathroom. Right, I remember this. Yes, security were wrestling people to the ground. Who, who was we that? Who was there? It was Suicidal and who? I know Suicidal was there. James Addiction. James Addiction. That's what it was. That's suicidal a great show too, man. Damn. And then we bumped into the guitarist for Suicidal at the beer lot, the beer line. Yeah. I'm like, hey, do you have any souvenirs? He goes. I have a key to the bus. <laughs> like, I'll take, we'll take that. that. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, that was suicidal at their their absolute peak. It was great it's at at their peak. That was that was That's... before got caught stealing came out. That was God. It was such a good show, man. Mm-hmm. Such a good show. Good times, and we snuck in. That's the best part. Yeah, we did not pay a damn dime for that show. That was awesome. Yep, hit under the tour bus. Oh, that's at the show. Oh, sweet. Hey, did you do this? You filmed this? No. Okay. I heard they sucked in concert. Um, no, they're pretty good. This show was... That was so you, much man. fun. And the breeders Earned. killed it too ahead of time. The breeders were fucking incredible. Yeah. That, man. that was a great I, show, dude. There was another band too, right? There were three bands there. I can't remember what the other band was. I'm pretty sure there was one more band there. They must day. have been awesome if you can't remember them. Exactly. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But I could be wrong. We could, you I think know, back then, I know that most of us, we were all at these same shows. We probably, for the most part, we probably skipped a lot of the open open openers the right, first right. even second bands that's, you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. that's there was that's there was a I good re- time yeah that's something i regret is like on a five five band bill not showing up for the headliners or, or, until the you know the, until sure the headliners because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. you missed out on those other bands that were just trying to make it who made or maybe have become Bush at some point. I don't regret any of it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I don't know if I can recall one concert where I was like, let's skip this dude. And then later been like, why did you skip that dude? You know, like, except for recently, I think, didn't you right. and I miss, uh, Jay, didn't we go see, um, I feel like we missed, did we miss Phil Anselmo? Yes. This- Slayer. Yeah. We totally missed Phil Anselmo yeah. and the illegals doing we nothing to- but far beyond or vocal display of power. Yeah. And we do we pass up on Dream Theater for Iron Maiden and Cohita Cambria at Iron Maiden. So yeah, we've we've missed a couple, but but yeah, Phil it, it's personal reasons with that guy. Yeah, I, I think Sorry, I know I remember that uh I remember that concert at Bayfront as as I as well as I remember any concert at Bayfront, if I'm being honest. That was just there was just something magical about that place, man. It was very mm-hmm. it was very red roxy, but just so mm-hmm. South Florida where it was just water in the back and it just right buildings so behind you. Yeah, yeah the skyline behind Miami. you and water in the front. It really, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I lo- I really love that venue. I still love that venue. Perry Farrell was like, Hey everybody, just turn around and look at these high rise buildings, man. We're in the middle of America, bro, and we're just having a rock concert. And you're just like, "What are you talking about, dude?" See, that's that's I what's funny. I, I I have I've probably skipped uh, over a lot of bands a long time ago. Meanwhile, I mean, naming uh, like Red Hot and Jane's Addiction, but I got offered tickets to go see Jane's Addiction open up for Nine Inch Nails like seven years ago, eight years nice. ago, and Perry Farrell was just drinking this wine bottle. He just went through two bottles of wine, and he was just like. Let's talk about fashion, guys. You guys want to talk about fashion? And I'm like, no, I just want to hear you sing shit, dude. Like, because I love the guy's voice, dude. Yeah. It's very recognizable, as Tammy was saying earlier. And that um, porno but, for pyros stuff no, was fun, man. Porno, yeah. porno, for, porno for pyros at Woodstock 94 was the most, most bullshit thing I've ever sat through in my life. <laughs> he was like, hey, everybody, anarchy is a beautiful thing. And people were being murdered and it's like no that's not a beautiful thing dude. Like, just let, let the chaos wrap around you and feel the chaos that's perry Farrell, dude yes yeah. that's perry fucking Farrell, dude he is an odd bat for sure uh i i don't know I, I i remember that concert being okay he he was good i was very actually very impressed with nine inch nails if i'm if i'm being honest that well, night their drummer was blowing me away dude they right. really do some shit live that i didn't that's- expect them to be able to do Nine, yep. inch, nine inch nails at Woodstock '99 was perhaps the greatest single performance of a band ever in the history of the world. 
<laughs> you know, you can get you can get different uh, sounds from that guy though, because I saw him late and he did a whole show of I don't know what the fuck I was listening to yeah. until the very end. They, he did a little mosh of a little mishmash of like four songs off of Pretty Hate Machine that he put together into one song yeah. where everybody in the crowd was finally like, oh my God, he's playing stuff we know, including myself. I had no idea what he did for the first two hours of that show. And I, I don't know why I didn't walk out because it wasn't all that interesting to me. What tour was it? Yeah. That was towards the end. I mean, when he decided he was getting out of doing this anymore, it was like the last tour he did. I saw him in... Uh, Coral Springs, so it was terrible. Terrible. Yeah, him, him at Woodstock 99, he came out. The whole band came out. They were covered with mud because they were the mud people at the show. And, dude, it, it was like a bonding moment between five guys in a band and 400,000 people in an audience that I've never seen before in my life. So, so you know, do you, do, you, do you guys agree? Do you guys think, would you go on record as saying that grunge killed glam metal? No. No. What about you, Ken? Okay, so I, I, my, my answer is going to be a little longer here. I'm sorry to say, but to say grunge killed hair metal is to also say that the music at the time, but when it was hair metal, that was the hot music. Grunge became the top thing. Everybody was doing grunge. What I think killed it really, not only was hair metal not good, I think it was because most musicians realized that wasn't the music to make anymore. And we went a good amount, a good decade with grunge to give that those years were enough time for hair metal or any type of musician to think that this isn't the kind of band that we need to be putting together anymore. So I think in that sense, it probably did it instead of it being more about the music of the hair generation becoming bad. It was more because there wasn't enough musicians that wanted to do that music anymore because the grunge really was the music of that time. So in that sense, I think grunge killed hair metal. Which one of us went to college? <laughs> Not deep, me. Deep thinker can, bro. I went to MDCC for a week or two. All right, so I'm gonna use I'm gonna use some uh, visual aids with my answer here. This is this is what's this is hilarious stuff. So the year that Nevermind dropped was 1991. And this is the the twenty best albums of that year. Hole, great album. Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion, one and two. That, that's good, good album. album. Good album. Mud Honey, yeah. De La Soul is dead. Oh, great. Seal. What? Pearl Jam. Yes. Urge Overkill. Fugazi. Massive Attack. Metallica Black. Ugh. PM Dawn. No. Shout out to, shout out to Karis. So I want you to pay attention to that music. PM Dawn blew the hell up that year. So just keep that in the back of your head real quick as we as we keep, as we keep scrolling. Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. Bad Motor Finger, Soundgarden. That's yeah, early. Public Enemy. Robin Hitchcock. No idea what that is. Pet Shop Boys, which is I think this is just a, a remake of the uh, or a remaster of the old stuff because mm -hmm. I don't remember Pet Shop Boys anything past eighties. Uh, the Pixies are there again, obviously Nirvana. That's it. Out of Time, Teenage Fan Club, and that's it. All right, so mm -hmm. so my my point is this: we're we're, talk, we're talking about Public Enemy, Soundgarden, Smashing Pumpkins, R. and R. PM Dawn. <laughs> all right. <laughs> There, there was just absolutely no room for that kind of music anymore. And right. and whether whether it was, and I think maybe what Ken was getting, what I got out of what Ken said was, I believe that glam was sort of in a, a usable instrument for you to be okay getting the fuck out of this whole cookie cutter heavy metal hair glam bullshit and try and find something different. Whether you right. were cool with it or not, whether you liked Courtney Love singing for Hole or whether you liked, uh, you know. Chris Cornell or anybody that actually could sing, um, it, it it was still part of something different than what had been going on for the last 10, 15 years. And my point with of that whole scroll of the 1991 albums was that there was a major, major explosion of different kinds of music going on. And, right. and whether you called it grunge or not, yeah, whether you called it grunge or not, I think really 
all it was was sort of like just enough rope for everybody in Kickster to hang themselves. You know what I hey, mean? Don't like, treat me bad, bro. Don't treat me <laughs> just enough. You know what I mean? And, and, you know you're mixing two bands kidding. together when you guys say that, right? I mean, is that purposeful? I mean, okay. Copyright. Exactly. I'm not getting sued. I'm not getting cease and desist <laughs> letters from some guy who doesn't have hair anymore. Fuck that. It's not happening. Um, and I'm not giving anybody shit who liked that band, like those bands either, dude. I want to, I want to make that clear too. Right, no, right, was, they, right. they all played a part in a of evolution of music in some yeah. way. So it, I, I, I think getting out of so many years of having that kind of music is what made grunge blow up. What you listen to in high school is the most important music in your life. <laughs> Whether it was at the, the lake that time or the pit that college. time or that dance that time. What you listen to in high school and, and college <laughs> is the most important music in your life because yeah. that's when you were figuring out who you were and you had the soundtrack to who you were. So there's nothing wrong with loving hair metal. I love hair metal, dude. I love grunge. I wear, I wear flannel and camouflage and Slayer at the same time because <laughs> I suck at fashion. But Or do you? Or do I? <laughs> oh hell yeah! But never, oh hell yeah! <laughs> just just but for never, just for shits never, and giggles. Never apologize for what you listen to, and never apologize for what you love. If you right. love grunge, fuck yeah, wear it, dude. If you love hair metal, wear it. But we grew up in this weird time where it all kind of overlapped, and hip hop was really coming into the mainstream, and really affected us in high school and college. So I think we grew up in the best time ever in music. And fuck you, everyone in the 60s. I was going to say, so I, I think the 60s got something to say to you. But that, no, yeah, that's but it. they didn't have hip hop. Yeah, that's, well, they had something different. But yeah, you're right. You're right. And, but look, let me, I, and, and I agree with a lot of what you say. And for people to never have to apologize for what you like. And I mean, that just goes to any kind of art. You know, it's yeah. very subjective and everybody's going to be different to what they like or don't like. And I feel the same as you. I'm not going to make comments one way or another. I have my own, but that that's it. It goes, you know, kind of goes beyond that as far as what people feel or they like. But what I can tell you is I've gotten a better appreciation for bands that I maybe I didn't like back then, just because I now appreciate so much better any band that has people that play instruments. Because the music today is just driving me absolutely bonkers, man. I want to be able to go into bars and clubs and see live bands again. I give so much appreciation to anybody who could at least pay, play instruments today. Just hiding behind a keyboard is just killing me. This music is absolutely horrible. I know I'm the old man ranting here, but God damn, it's terrible. I, I'm, I want that stuff to come back. Give me Slaughter back. I'll listen to that whiny bastard. At least in a drive. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I the only one? It's like, part that really gets me man you know it's, ugh, ugh. it's but i'll take only, it why am i the only one not wearing flannel right now dude I, and you're the one that usually wears both flannel. you guys are rocking the flannels and i was like let's 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 hey, the we've hell of chosen it. grunge over hair metal obviously by what we're wearing so we kind of the year the, <laughs> the year crazy. after uh never mind dropped is a crazy year too look at this yes oh, countdown God. to extinction prince of the new power generation pj harvey amazing Babes in Toyland again, another band I've never heard of. Uh, en Vogue, Morrissey, Lyle Lovett, Tom Waits, Urge Overkill again, uh, Mud Honey, Ween, Basehead, uh, Nita Cherry, uh, sister of uh, Eagle Eye Cherry, who had a great song as well, um, Sugar, Ministry, Psalm 69, Check Your Head for the Beastie Boys, there's Sonic Youth again. There's your, boy. there's your boys. Arrested Development and Pavement. So again, we're talking. We're just we're talking a, just a kind of a, a, a series of different styles of music that will just not let hair metal of any kind live again ever if again. I would, right. If I was given the choice, one grunge band album, it would be Nirvana Unplugged. Hmm. That's a great no, album. No distortion, no nothing. Just like six, five dudes, six dudes playing acoustically. That is one of the most beautiful albums ever. And Alice in Chains Unplugged and Pearl Jam Unplugged, which you can't find anywhere, are some of the best musicians ever doing what they do. With yeah. no nonsense, no distortions. It was just them doing their things. And the unplugged versions are the best. 
Well, that's when you expose musicians at that point, you know, yes. and you really, you, you pull out all that other stuff. You take the distortion away, you take everything else away yeah. and you just let them play raw right there like that. That really shows you what kind of musicians like, that you were dealing with. Yeah. Lane Staley on Allison Chains Unplugged is the most beautiful vocals you'll ever hear in your life Yeah, because there's no compression. There's no nonsense. It's just a right. dude singing. Who's got and a great it's voice. And it's beautiful. And it's yeah. and it's depressing and it's dark and <laughs> in a beautiful way though. Yeah, no, it's you know, suicide beautiful, but some can be. No, we don't know. What the hell? Yo, the sound is real simple, dude. It says rock it up. <laughs> hey man, Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> I all I know is uh, these folks right here. Definitely, we can all agree they are not the reason why um, hair metal and glam metal died. Um, I think we can all agree that they hung themselves. They killed themselves. It was just, it's just, it's oversaturation. That's just the way it goes. And yeah, I don't mean in the in excess for form, just more of like, yes, the, uh, the career thing. And, uh, again, we've got, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of bands in there that you can consider glam, not consider glam. I don't know. Um, before we take off, we're going to talk to some of our, uh, to our folks, uh, in the, uh, in the comments section, Jay, I wanted to say uh, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us, man. Do you have anything to say before we uh, before you hop out of here, dude? Thank you so much for having me on. I got to do my first show on the second day of vacation, and I got to do this show on the last day of vacation, and it was beautiful. And I love hanging out with you and Kenny and talking music because it's the one. Music is the only thing. You can't talk about politics or religion, blah, blah, blah. But music just it, it brings us together as everyone. Right. So I can – Hair metal and grunge, it's all good, dude. Play it all. Play it loud, mother. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jay. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us, brother. Be well, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, man. So, uh, anyway, folks, before we get the hell out of here, I wanted to make an announcement real quick. Uh, TCSP next week is going to be pretty big for both of us, if I'm being honest. Uh, we've got a couple guests that uh, are huge, huge musicians, not only in the Austin, Texas scene, but uh, it, it overall, uh, actually one of the bands that we mentioned, if I'm being uh, <laughs> honest, uh, is the lead singer of one of the bands that I mentioned earlier and another amazing, badass, heavy metal bassist is going to be coming and hanging out with us next week for the Casually Serious podcast episode uh, of the mixtape that is basically going to be uh, and, until we come up with uh, a better term for it, basically Iron Maiden versus Judas Priest. And uh, we've got a couple of musicians coming in that uh, have played that kind of music religiously for many years. I'm super excited about it. Ken, what do you what do you think before without dropping any bombs? What do you, are, you, are you excited to hear? Absolutely, man. I was thrilled when I heard that they accepted the invitation to join us. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's great to be able to talk with people that are going to have a great inside to the music, in addition to what we're able to, to provide just from being avid listeners and people that have been paying attention to this music for so long. And with your background, with the, the music scene in Austin, I mean, just being able to have that connection there is, is awesome. It's fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. You can't miss it. You guys better be here. You got to check it out. I think we might yeah. be starting a little late, though, next week. Is that possible? Or are we going to still yes. be on time? I think we're going to push it back probably um, maybe a half an hour. Not too much. It's we're not going back two hours or anything like that. It would normally be airing at uh, 9.30 Eastern. We may do it at 10 o'clock 10 30 i don't know uh so hang out a little really, later next week be prepared a little later next yeah. week but it's gonna be worth it so it's or just go just catch it later on on the archives whatever you want to do yeah <laughs> but coming and hanging out live is a cool thing and again yeah, i want to make sure right. i want to make sure i give some shout out real quick uh one of the first dudes to come and hang out brian smith thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us What's up, brian? Uh, i'm happy to see brandy coming and hanging out brandy, brandy. is part of that whole scene growing up in miami mm -hmm. man the the van scene the, <laughs> the end of sunset and kendall and the end of everything scene she's part of all that <laughs> when uh, you could as, hang out in groups like that and not get arrested back in the day right. it was good times back when we were taking real hypno to party not to make each right, other uh, right we wanted it for ourselves we weren't putting yeah it else. crazy people man okay, uh, I can to that chick Tammy, one of the artistic directors in the background. Thank you so much for everything you do. We appreciate you coming and hanging out. Uh, Simon, also part of the uh, of us growing up during that whole time. Thank you for coming out, as always, Simon. Simon. Um, 
who else came in uh popped in there i think i saw merc yeah my brother andrew pace come in uh came in and said hello that's pretty cool uh, Simon saying this show rocks. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> it does I really tonight. appreciate that. It definitely did tonight, at least for one portion of it. I don't know. Right. Depending on what side of that. Yeah, there was some rock, there was some not, but you know, it is what it is. I was definitely uh done with that kind of music before it was even dead. So it did, you know, I don't really think I think I noticed the beginning of grunge before I even noticed that there was a death to that kind of music. So yeah. Um but anyway, uh, Ken, man, you got anything to say before we break out of here, dude? You know, I mean, being that this has been the music episodes and we've been doing a few of these lately, I, I just feel I love talking about this. This is, this is very dear to me. And as Jay mentioned before he went out too, what's great about music is that it, it touches emotions and it brings you back to a time. And being able to discuss music that was of a certain time of, in our lives and in everybody's life, it's awesome to be able to hear a song that can immediately bring you back to a moment, to a time where you lived something differently or somewhere else. And you could visualize stuff. You can almost smell smells. There's just, it's incredible what music can do. And it affects you emotionally. It's tied to your emotions. You can, there's songs that'll make you cry. There's songs that are gonna make you laugh. And for people that don't feel that kind of emotion to music, I don't get uh, for me, this has always been this way since I was very little. And I don't know if it's the way you're brought up or what you're around with your family or your parents or how that works. But I do know some folks that just don't have, they're not interested. And I don't get it. Music is tied so much to me and my emotions that I, I, I could talk about music every show for as long as we do this. You know, I don't know a lot of people who love, love music who aren't pretty emotional people. I think if you're willing to fall in love with music, you have to be willing to take a ride, whether it be happiness, sadness, terror. Um, you know, the music we grew up hit all those notes, uh, even right. stupid and fucking Pac-Man fever. And, you know, for everything, you know, there's yin and yang to all that. But you're right. You nailed it right on the head, dude. Like, I do remember smells when certain songs pop up, uh, right. maybe associated more with the venue might have been seeing the band in, but there's definitely exactly. and, and smells can remind me of music too, which is right, which is totally crazy. But uh, I is. agree with you 100%, Ken, man, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so thank you so much for everybody who hung out with us uh, tonight for the whole hour that we did this. We keep talking about trimming it down. It's just probably happen not going to happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. We get, when I get into the editing room, but um make sure you join <laughs> us next week folk we uh i'm gonna have probably yeah. a couple things out for it i'm gonna probably push this a little bit more uh hopefully that doesn't make the guests feel too uncomfortable but these guys are used to being promoted like motherfuckers so uh, i wouldn't worry Very about fun. it but yeah, yeah they'll be they'll be okay with it i think um ken man thanks for hanging out as always ladies and gentlemen thanks oh, for man, hanging out with the casually serious podcast and check us next week on next week's mixtape take care <laughs>